All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. Am I okay not being mic'd? Are you guys are you guys okay with that? I have a pretty loud voice. Everybody can hear me well enough. Fantastic. Uh, so my name is my name is Lena Mooney. I am a kids pastor from Lima First Church. Uh, it's super exciting to have some of my kids here. They uh, are now grown, you know, young adults, people, and they're uh, wanting to be in ministry. But it's fun to have them here with me today. Uh, anyhow, that you are in creative communication for kid men. So obviously, you guys like kids. You are my people. <laughs> So today, uh, I hope this is a fun session. I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a conference like this, I always want to walk away with just super practical things that I can implement immediately. Uh, And so some of this is probably going to be things that some of you already know or maybe have already seen, but I just brought all my bags of tricks. Uh, So I said, you you know you're teaching a kids ministry session at a conference when you literally have to pull a wagon in with all of your things. So we'll kind of start at the beginning, and I'll get through as much as I I possibly can. We'll kind of start with the basics, uh, but then I'm just going to start rattling off object lessons that can be used in multiple different ways uh, that you guys can be creative with, okay? Can I just pray before we get started? God, we thank you that you are a God of all creativity. I pray right now that you would inspire us, that you would give us dreams. God, that you would just help us to think outside the box for ways that we can present the gospel to kids in a way that is sticky, that's going to help them remember it, and that's going to help build disciples for all of eternity. We love you so much, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so you guys are kids people, so you guys understand that kids ministry should be exciting, right? We do not want kids to come in to our ministries and be bored out of their minds, right? We want kids, I mean this in the most loving way possible, and I actually had this happen to a child. I want them to be like so sad that they cry that they have to miss kids' church. Like, I want them to love it that much. Not that I want my children to cry, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? Uh, And so we want to create spaces that are fun, that's going to help kids understand the gospel, right? It's one thing to read the gospel, to read through a story, but even we as adults know that it's a whole entirely different thing to have it applied to our lives, right? But we understand the Bible is a true factual book that has things that apply to our lives today. And so that applies to kids, right? And so it's our jobs to be able to minister to kids in such a way that they understand the gospel at their age levels. We want kids to be on the edge of their seats, right? Nobody likes to go to a boring sermon. Nobody like, I mean, right? How many of you guys are falling asleep on a Sunday morning? No, don't, t- don't answer that. <laughs> right, but we want to keep kids guessing. We want, we want to keep them engaged. We want them to keep their focus. And so uh, I'm just going to share some creative ways that we can do that. How do we communicate the gospel in a way that kids will understand? And how can we make it sticky for them? I think one of the things that we should start out with talking about is whenever we are preparing for a lesson, for a midweek, for a Sunday service, it's important that we start to prepare as early as possible. How many of you guys have maybe started preparing a couple weeks in advance and you, as you kind of go over it every now and then and you think about it and you're praying about it, the Lord kind of drops new things into your heart and your spirit of ways that you can tell a certain story or something catches your eye in your everyday life of, oh, this, this goes exactly with what I'm talking about. The problem is, is if we save our prep time until the night before, which I understand, like, 
that's life sometimes, right? But it's very difficult for us to be creative and think outside of the box and think for sticky ways for kids to understand the gospel if we're waiting until the last minute to prepare our lessons, right? So I'm prefacing all of this to say the sooner that you can start preparing your lessons and your kids' materials, the more time you're going to have for God to be able to speak to you and give you creative ideas, right? And so when we're preparing... We want to prepare them for what we're communicating as early as possible. Not just us preparing our curriculum and our lessons as early as possible, but the minute my kids walk in the door, I want them to start experiencing and thinking about what we're going to be talking about that day. And so for, for me, that, makes, that means that making sure that my pre-service time, the 15 minutes that my kids are in my room, checked into my room before service actually starts, I'm doing activities with them that is preparing them for the main thought that that's going to be the you know the big bible point or the bible story so for instance this coming sunday we're talking about the story of esther and the king and so our pre-service activity the kids will be coming in as soon as they get there they'll be greeted by their leaders but they are going to take going to be going to small group tables and they will be making crowns out of pipe cleaners super simple but it's starting to get them into the to the mindset of what we're going to be talking about we did, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we did the story of David and Goliath, and our pre-service activity for that was we played human rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and so, the idea of rocks, you know what I mean? Anything we can do to help engage their minds and point them in the direction that we want them to be thinking of for that particular Sunday is going to help kids connect all the pieces, right? We want everything we do to be done on purpose, right? We, we know that uh, statistically, we only get kids maybe once or twice a month honestly in a, on a Sunday morning and at that in my services I get my kids for an hour and about 15 minutes on a Sunday morning and so we have to be so very careful with our time and make sure that every single minute counts right uh, some of the ways that I pull out some of these activities is just combing through your curriculum. It's really important to start with a good base curriculum. And I, I know that I'm speaking to kids leaders and there's, you guys are probably like, yeah, 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 we know about curriculum. But sometimes it's so easy to get stuck in, our, stuck in our minds, well, this is how the curriculum lays this out and so I have to use it this way. But the important thing to remember is that we can make our curriculum work for us. And so some of those pre-service activities are maybe something that they actually recommended in a small group time for after service or even a prayer response or something like that. And I've moved it and shuffled things around to make my curriculum fit my service the way that I want my kids to hear it. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's talk about some creative ways to teach a Bible story. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love storytelling. How many of you guys know the person in your life, maybe you are the person in your life, that you are just absolutely captured when they start to tell a story? They're animated, they're excited, and you're like, tell me more, right? These are the, this is the way that we want to present the gospel to our kids, right? We want our kids to be hungering more. We want our kids to be on the edge of, our, at edge of their seat saying, then what happened? Then what happened, right? And so we can do this. But, and I'm just going to start listing some of the ways that I've done it. And we'll leave some room for discussion. Uh, some of you, you guys have great ideas, right? And so we'll, we'll get through that. But 
when we're telling a Bible story, we want kids to be to place themselves in the setting of that Bible story. Okay, we want them to question what would it be like to actually be there. We know that kids learn. Uh, a lot of kids learn by by touching, by by experiencing for themselves. And so, one question to ask is how can we engage the five senses in storytelling to help kids remember it? Right. So sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. For instance, uh, the other uh, couple Sundays ago, I taught the story of Jonah. And I love the story of Jonah, even though Jonah was kind of a jerk. Can I say that in this place, right? <laughs> but I love teaching the story of Jonah. And as I'm going through this story, you know, we're, we're talking about how he had, to, he had to pay money to get on a boat to run away from God. And it's always going to cost us something to run away from God. And so I had, a, I had money in my hand that I used. And when the storm comes up, you take a squirt bottle and you literally go around and spray the kids. And I would stop at one liter. <laughs> And I, and I just, I'm talking, I'm telling the story, and I'm just dousing this leader. Now, he's bald, and he didn't care, and, you know, it was fine. <laughs> but my kids are like, look at him, he's getting all wet. I'm like, yeah, it was just like Jonah, right? He, they were in a massive storm, and we get to the part where you, it's time to throw, you know, it was time for them to throw Jonah overboard. And so I took one of my big, you know, big, tall, strong leaders, and I took the littlest kid that was in our class, and he picked him up, and we did a heave hold, one, two, three. We didn't actually throw him. I do not recommend throwing children. <laughs> okay? Don't hear that from me. Right? But they got the idea of it. Then when we got to the whale part, I'm like, well, how many of you guys have ever seen the movie Finding Nemo? Did you know that just like Dory, I can also speak whale? And you go, ooh. You know, you make all the sound effects, and they're like, then they're getting involved in telling the story because the whale with Jonah, right? You guys with me? We get to the part where Jonah gets to, uh, gets to Nineveh, and he's starting to cry out, 40 more days, 40 more days. And I had printed out a sign that literally said, 40 more days. And I'm going through the aisles calling, 40 more days to repent, 40 more days to turn your lives over to God. And the kids are following me with their eyes around the room, right? We're engaging their senses. We're, we're using creative ways to tell the story to keep the kids glued in on us. And it's so important for us to, to do that. <coughs> How can we help kids visualize it? We need to help them create the scene. For instance, uh, I had a time where I taught the story of Abraham and when God made the promise to Abraham that he would be, uh, that he would have as many, you know, descend descendants and the stars in the sky. And so I had gotten one of the projectors, borrowed a projector that shot the stars up into the ceiling. A lot of times they're used as like night lights and you turn all the, you turn all the lights out and you put the stars up on the sky and you have the kids laid on their backs and they're looking at the stars. Now this is what God promised to Abraham. Right? So you help create the scene in kids' minds. Help them to put themselves in that place so that they can feel the things that those characters probably felt. And then that's where we take that and we help them apply it to their lives. Uh, a couple different ways. Uh, other ways that we can create the scene. Perhaps you have uh, your Bible story. There's two nations that are fighting. Or, or you have a Cain and Abel story. And you... Thank you. <laughs> That's a good friend right there. 
uh, you have you have two people who are fighting and so we'll split the entire room and have them go on opposite sides and face each other and we'll give them things to say or argue with but then they become part of the story right they're not just visualizing it they're becoming part of the story and they're helping you tell the story uh, Acting it out, I mean, how many of you guys have ever had somebody act it out in your kids' uh, services? Acting out the Bible story is always a great way to get kids pulled in and engaged, and it's fun and it's different, right? We know that we can't tell a Bible story, uh, we can't tell our Bible stories the same way every week because then it gets boring, right? <laughs> right? And so we have to keep it fresh. Uh, another way that I've taught Bible stories is we've divided into small groups and I've given them 10 minutes to figure out how they're going to act it out for the larger groups and so I will supply a small group leader here's the Bible story that we're talking about everybody's creating their little skits for the same Bible story uh, but you give them 10 minutes and you know your kindergartners are over here working well what are we going to do and the fifth graders are over here what are we going to do and, and then you come together and everybody tells a story you can either tell it you know three or four different times so the kids are getting the repetition of the story or you can tell the story and every group is acting it out at the same time in the way that they did it. Does that make sense? And so it gets real chaotic and real crazy but the kids are fully engaged in it. <coughs> Sorry guys. Another way that you could tell a story, how many, uh, I shouldn't ask that. Uh, <laughs> never mind, we'll skip that part. Uh, another way that I've done Bible story is I've used like a clothesline, uh, like a, you know, draped it across the, the platform. I've used chairs or, you know, whatever you have to hold two ends. And you can literally just print out pictures from the story or words that, key words in the story. And as you talk about that part, you use a little clothespin and hang it on the line as you're going through. And so the kids are seeing the timeline of the story. And it's super simple, guys. It's printer paper and a string and some, you know, 99 cent clothespins. You can get like 100 of them at Walmart. Uh, another fun way to do it is pulling props out of a secret box. Uh, I love using props whenever I can. Uh, and especially, especially when you have really silly, like, extravagant props. Now, I realize that not everybody has budget and all that, but I have accumulated a random collection of really random things. <laughs> and in fact, my admin, when she just, she just started in uh, at the beginning of January, and I'm, I'm taking her through the building, and this is where we house this, and this is where we house this, and I, I literally have like two drawers of random things that I have accumulated over the past, you know, 10 years of kids ministry. And so a really great place to find things like this is at garage sales or thrift stores and you may look at it and in the moment it doesn't look like it has any purpose but I that my the church staff calls me a hoarder you know it's fine it's fine I, I lead kids to Jesus so it's fine right so so anytime you can pull out a prop and hold something in your hand as you're telling the Bible story it's going to help kids engage in fact you guys saw that as I had this crazy blue bag up here and the session had not even started you guys our eyes were on me because you're like what is she doing with that what what is she what is that and it's the same way with kids right 
Uh, don't underestimate the use of sound effects. I absolutely love adding sound effects into our stories. If you're talking about Daniel and the Lion's Den, you know, you use the lion growl. You use, uh, you know, the sound of people fighting or, you know, on the day of Pentecost when, you know, you play a, a sound clip of people speaking in other languages. Any ways that you can use sounds to help kids understand the story is a great, great, great way. Uh, I've done, and again, I'm just listing these things. I hope, I hope this is like spinning. That's how my brain works. When people just spit things at me, then, you know, take what you want and, and do it. I, I've done Lego builds. Uh, we've divided into small groups. My kids love Legos. Uh, I typically buy Lego in bulk on Black Friday. Walmart usually has like a really massive, massive uh, set of Legos for like $20, $25. And so I've built up a supply over, you know, so many years. But We've divided into small groups, and I said, okay, here's the story. Let's read the story, and then they, put it, they create a Lego build out of that. <laughs> uh, my littles, my mom is in here today. She's a lovely woman sitting right back here. Mom just waved to everybody. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, you don't have to come to this session because you've seen all of my tricks, but she's so sweet to support. <laughs> uh, but she is, uh, she is one of our preschool teachers, and she brings out the old school felt boards. Guys, there is something like magnetic about a felt board that those littles, when I look in on when she's teaching, those littles are sitting there with their eyes glued on that felt board. I don't get it myself, but if it works, it works. <laughs> and so we say yes, Lord, to all the things that work, right? Uh, another thing you can do is stick puppets. I've had, uh, I'm talking literally like the large tongue depressors, and you print out, uh, you know, a picture of characters. You know, maybe you've got Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, and it's literally stick characters, and you can hold them up as you're talking. The kids love it, especially if you let them hold it up. Every time I talk about Mary, you got to hold it up and make her walk, and it's it's literally just like popsicle sticks, guys. Uh, I've done, I've pulled out whiteboards. Uh, should we tell the crowd about how good my drawings are, guys? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we have a we have a whiteboard that sometimes when I've told Bible stories, I will draw it out as I am telling the story. But I only do stick figures, uh, and they always make fun of me because of my drawing skills, and it's a whole big thing. But they know that when the whiteboard is out, I'm going to be drawing some part of the story. Uh, but it's a super fun way because they're watching me draw, even if it's really crummy drawing. <laughs> they're watching me draw as I'm telling the story, and so they're listening and they're seeing. Uh, I've done things where I've handed out envelopes uh, to a few random kids and the envelopes are numbered and in the envelopes are maybe scripture references or there are uh, pictures from parts of the story that, you know, I've, I'm looking for six kids to help me. I have six really special envelopes. You know, you can help me today and you can help me today. And so they're sitting there waiting for their number to be called and their friends around them like trying to peek in the envelope and, you know, all the things. But then we go through and, okay, number five, you come up and show us what picture you have in your envelope. So there's all kinds of ways that we can creatively tell Bible stories. I'm going to be quiet for just a minute so I can catch my breath and grab a drink. What are some fun ways that you guys have found that your kids enjoy hearing Bible stories? Yeah. Brownie the bear. I love it. And, um, and the costumes were like a a puppet, a character. Yep. Super fun. Yeah. Um, I have some boxes, and I put the kids in because I have two schoolers, and I rock the boat, and then I throw them out on the floor, 
Yes. Because they're actively engaged in it. Yeah, of course. Of course. But we just don't fall as gracefully out of the box as they do. <laughs> Royal Rangers, uh -huh. and they have to learn a memory verse. So, like the other week, I printed out memory verses on long paper, and then I cut them up into puzzles. Oh yeah. And gave each kid a puzzle, and they had to put the puzzle together, and there was their memory verse. And then we learned and talked, said it over and over, and then I told them to take it home, and when they can memorize it and tell it to me, they get a prize. Nice. They have to learn the memory verses. Nice. I uh, I thought I had brought it with me. Uh, but I didn't. I brought all the other things with me. I had them sitting out, and I must just not have grabbed them. Uh, has anybody ever seen story sticks? Uh, this is a random thing that I found along the way. If you're coming to kids camp, uh, it's I'm the kids camp speaker this year, but it's one of the ways that I'm telling the Bible story. Uh, but it's these. It's basically these four different sticks. It looks like you could make them yourselves, but you cannot unless you're like super engineering because it's not as simple as what it sounds. Uh, but there's three different sizes, and they're these sticks that you just manipulate to make different things like stairs or a house or you know you can you you just manipulate them different ways. But they're super fun. Uh, come to kids camp. Be a kids camp leader and you can see it then because I forgot to bring them with me. Uh, anybody else? We probably have time for maybe one more. Yeah. We um, did a Christmas thing and we were doing, talking about a joyful noise. So we stapled some paper plates together and put some whoppers inside to make tambourines. Yeah. Had them listen to and the word was joy and uh, every time they heard the word joy they got the shape. Yeah, that's a great way to tell a story. Give them a key thing to listen for um, and have them respond in some sort of way. Uh, we've done, uh, I've done different things like that. Uh, so for instance, say our ponder, our point is Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Every time I say Jesus is the way, I want you to say the way, and I want you to go like this. Ready? Jesus is the way. The way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Okay, and so anytime, we, yeah, anytime you can do a call and response like that or add motions to it, it's going to be helpful for kids because uh, I guarantee next time you hear Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that's what you're going to think of, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go from there. We talked about some creative ways to tell Bible stories. Let's go into the application of it. Okay, so they've heard the Bible story, but what in the world does this have to do with me? How can I apply this to my life? Uh, and so we get into these things called object lessons. I love object lessons. Sometimes I'm not great at them, but I absolutely love them. Whenever we think about an object lesson, and just to, um, I don't mean this offensively to anybody, but an object lesson is an item that is used to help us understand something from, so think about a, a parable, right? Jesus used parables, stories about familiar things to help us understand spiritual truths, and so an object lesson is an item that is used to help us understand something spiritually. So Anytime we're doing an object lesson, the best things, in my opinion, to use for object lessons are things that can just be found around your home. Uh, the reason being is because if you use items that are typically found around a home, then when a kid encounters that item at home the next time, they're going to be like, oh yeah, remember that? So for instance, uh, and I totally, if any of you, how many of you guys are in Hydrate? Anybody in Hydrate? 
Oh, let me, <laughs> Lola's like, yes, I am. Uh, Hydrate is an incredible, this isn't, I mean, it is a plug, but it wasn't an intentional plug, but it's an incredible kids ministry training tool that's a year-long program that will help you learn all the kids ministry things. It's produced by the national office. It's fantastic. If you stop at the Ohio Kidman booth, they'll tell you all about it. However, uh, I totally stole this from Mark Ensminger. He used to be the national Kidman director. Uh, but when you look at a toothbrush, can you... Imagine the feeling that you might have if you went to use your toothbrush and it was already wet. Gross, right? Anybody ever have that happen to them? It's okay. We can have counseling after this. I understand completely. <laughs> right? Imagine having your toothbrush already wet. What does that probably mean? <laughs> Somebody else used the toothbrush. Listen, guys, I am a total fanatic about my toothbrush. Nobody touches my toothbrush. However, in the same way that our toothbrush is intended for us and us only, God has set us apart for his purposes and his alone. And so we are to use ourselves, our gifts, our talents, our skills for him and him alone. And there's a setting apart that needs to happen with a toothbrush. These kids are like, I already know this because we use this for, <laughs> we use this for our back to school anointing service. But the next time those kids use their toothbrush, they're going to be like, okay, first of all, is it wet? <laughs> right? Secondly, as they're brushing their teeth, they're going to be like, man, this toothbrush is only for me. God, help me to be set apart for you and you alone. You are the only one that I want to live my life after, right? So anytime you can use things that are uh, typically found around a house is awesome. A couple things about a couple things about object lessons that I feel like we just need to get out of the way. And this is from one caring friend to another. Okay, some some things to remember as you are preparing object lessons. The very first thing is practice it before you do it on stage. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. Uh, I am trying to warn you <laughs> in the best way I know how. Practice it. Practice it multiple times before you go on stage because I can tell you from somebody who loves using object lessons, even the most practiced object lessons can go wrong. <laughs> okay. And so if you've not practiced it, you're not going to be able to quickly adjust in the moment and figure out a plan B. Okay. So Practice it before you do it, which leads us to our second thing. Have a plan B. <laughs> if your object lesson does not go the way that you wanted it to go, you need to have a backup response that you are able to, instead of saying, oh, this just didn't work, you need to look like you know what you're doing on stage. Right? We want to do things with excellence, and so always have a plan B in mind. Now, I'm going to show you this object lesson because this is always one that I have to have a plan B in mind for. And uh, how many of you guys have ever seen this? Have you seen this? This is a, this is an this is a, a magic arrow, I guess. Uh, I purchased this from David Laughlin. He's a fantastic uh, gospel illusionist. Is that the correct word? Uh, he, not magic tricks. We don't we don't like magic here. <laughs> Okay, but I'm going to try to do this one now. I'll tell you, I've practiced this. I've used this a couple times, and I've usually, uh, the staff at my church laughs at me because they, they know when I'm preparing for an object lesson because I pace my office, or I'll pace the hallway with whatever it is that I'm using, and I'll talk, you know, I'll do it multiple times out loud, and so this is one that they laugh at me for. But, <clears throat> let me get my mind right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I brought with me today an arrow. Now, which way is this arrow pointing? 
Yeah, that's right, it's pointing to the right. I also brought this arrow with me. Which way is this one pointing? Yes, this is pointing to the right because we want to talk today about doing the right thing all the time. Now, how many of you guys do the right thing all the time? Right. We don't always do the right thing all the time. In fact, sometimes we do the wrong thing where we want to go right and do the right thing. Sometimes we end up going left and doing the wrong thing. And in fact, sometimes you talk to people and they say, well, I know the right way to live and I know the right things that I should be doing and my truths are my truths no matter what anybody else says, right? In fact, there, okay. Hold on a second. Yep, this is why we practice, folks. <laughs> uh, we talk about doing the right thing all the time because the Bible says that there is a way that leads to heaven and there's a way that leads to destruction. We want to go to heaven. We want to follow God's right way because we want to be with him forever instead of separated from him for all of eternity. Am I right? Yeah, of course I'm right, but it's not always easy. Sometimes we mess up and we make mistakes and the things that we want to do, we don't actually do. And the things that we don't want to do, we end up doing. But the Bible says there is one way to heaven and there's one way away from heaven, multiple ways away from heaven, right? And so today I want to encourage you to do the right thing that points to, see, that points to Jesus. It's tricky, Okay, but ask Jesus into your heart, and you, you guys get the idea, okay? But uh, even after, thank you, even though it was done incorrectly, you guys get the idea. But this is not one that you can just flake and uh, figure out on stage, right? You've got to practice this. You've got to practice your wording. You've got to have your uh, plan B set up so in case Jesus ends up upside down, you know, you've got to have your plan B in place. Uh, these are, like I said, this is found on David. I'm not, last time I checked uh, this morning, it, it was out of stock, but I think it's something that he normally carries that you can purchase. If you're really creative, you could probably purchase it uh, on your own or make it on your own. It's just two arrows and then this. And then the trick with this, I'm telling my grown teenagers the, the trick, <laughs> right? You guys saw me talking with my hands and manipulating this from different corners. Maybe you didn't recognize that I was actually changing the corners that I was flipping this in because I'm talking with my hand because anytime you're on stage, you want to be large and animated so they don't actually see when you're doing special little things, right? Make sense? Okay. So practice it and have a plan B. <laughs> Uh, one other thing, and uh, this is just a personal thing of mine. Uh, well, let me back up. Uh, we also just remember want to remember safety. There's a lot of really cool things that we can do that are not necessarily things that we should do. In the context of a kids' ministry, in the context of a building that has, you know, sprinklers if something were to catch on fire, you know? Uh, and so honestly, honestly, uh, please consider safety when you are preparing object lessons, not only for yourself, but for your children. Uh, I have friends who have experienced horror stories, like really, really awful horror stories from object lessons that have gone wrong. and. Uh, just really awful things. So please, 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 safety first, <laughs> okay? Uh, you guys want some object lesson suggestions? Yes. Okay, thank you. That was overwhelming. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, let's go through a couple. I'll show you some of the things that I brought. 
Uh, you're going to laugh at me when I tell you this, but water is a great object lesson for multiple purposes, right? We can talk about buckets and filling buckets with more water. Uh, there's a really great tool that you can purchase. Uh, they're like $45 if you want to invest in it, but have you guys ever seen the Laudable, which is a really cool tool. I can only pull it out once every like five years or so because the kids get it, uh, but it's a really fancy trick that you, uh, you pour water into it and it's got like an inner... Uh, like an inner chamber and an outer chamber that when you pour water in, the water fills up the outer chamber and it's got, you guys can't tell my secrets, you have to promise. It's got a, just a little hole in the one chamber, but basically the inner chamber fills with water and you dump it out when you're holding that hole and it looks like it's empty. And then when you set it up, you release your thumb and the inner chamber fills with water again. You hold the hole and you dump it and you're able to keep pouring the water out. And so you can use that for multiple different things. Uh, we just used it recently talking about the woman with the jars of oil and how she continued, you know, she went and gathered all the jars and God, you know, God made a miracle happen and she was able to fill her bowls. We can talk about uh, how when we go to the Lord, he continually fills us. You know, we can talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over again, that, that when we feel like we're dry and empty, we can go to the Lord and he continues to, to pour out. So there's lots of different ways you can use that. Uh, we understand that we can use light for object lessons. I know this feels basic, okay? But I'm just trying to spit out lots of ideas. Uh, think about glow sticks. Think about flashlights. I have, a, I have not put this one to use, but I have a headlamp that I plan on using here real soon that I'm really excited about. Uh, have you guys seen the lamps that you can touch and it has multiple settings that uh, you know go from lighter to darker uh, and so you can use that to talk about uh, you know what kind of Christian are you? Are you somebody who dims their light for certain things? Are you always shining brightly? Uh, so think about different ways that you can play with light. You know talk about uh, truth and lies. You can talk about Jesus as the light of the world right? Playing with it shutting all the lights out, having all the kids break the glow sticks. You guys have seen some of this. I'm just trying to uh, get your mind running. This is another one of my favorites. Have you guys seen this trick? No. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let me show you this one in the way that I would use it. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we have really difficult situations that go on in our life. And it's very difficult for us to get through. And, and it's very easy for us to try to do things on our own. Ooh, don't let me hit anything expensive, guys. Maybe I'll come over here. <laughs> so I'll hit you guys instead of the speakers. <laughs> Safety first, guys. <laughs> Right, so, so it's very easy for us to get our eyes fixed on our own circumstances. Or you can even talk about this uh, with praise and worship. You know, sometimes we get so distracted by the things of the world and it's, and it's difficult for us to focus in when it's time to worship. However, when you keep your eyes fixed on God, he'll help us through every circumstance when we keep our eyes fixed on God during praise and worship, right, we exalt God, we lift him high. And so there's, I don't know the science behind it, or maybe it's just user. <laughs> I don't know, but there really is a science behind it. Like when you're looking down at your hand, it doesn't balance well, unless you're like superhuman. Uh, but when you focus your eyes at the top of the stick, and you guys can practice if you want. Maybe I'll try to leave some space. Uh, when you keep your eyes focused at the top of it, 
you can balance it. And so this is a really fun one to do if you have, uh, if you're, if you get the chance to preach on a Sunday morning. It's a really good big stage object lesson. I really like uh, object lessons that are small, like up close lessons, and then ones that are really good for like big full stage. Uh, so that's my broomstick. This is just uh, I, an old broomstick that I took the bottom off and used it. But any stick will work. You can get a dowel rod. <coughs> Uh, another one that I've used is Invisible Ink. It's a favorite of mine. Uh, you can use Invisible Ink lots of different ways. Uh, one of the lessons that I taught with Invisible Ink is you, you put it on your hands. And Sarah, how, if you guys were at kids camp, I don't know, several years ago. Uh, this I actually stole this from Sarah House. She probably stole it from somebody else too, but that's all the great ideas are only st stolen, right? <laughs> so uh, you put invisible ink on your hands and you can talk about uh, sin. You know how you may not see sins in my life, but the Lord sees them and you shine a black light on it. And as soon as you see the black light come up, you see all of the gross, you know, stuff on your hands. Uh, but then you talk about how when we go to God and we go to the Lord, he can for come in and wash us clean, forgive us our sins. Now, I'll tell you, I had to wash my hands in straight bleach there on the stage. Okay? But you have a bucket with straight bleach. It was fine. Just wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> uh, but it, it, the invisible ink will come off with straight bleach and then you hold it up in front of the black light again and your hands are clean. And so you can talk about sin and the way that God comes in and forgives in that way. Uh, we've also used invisible ink for writing on poster boards or something. We've gone through uh, pre-service before uh, service and we've, wrote, uh, we've written scripture with invisible ink and a paintbrush on poster board. Give it time to dry. Kids won't know it. Uh, and then we use those boards in our altar and response times and they'll, they'll come up and they'll write their problems on it or they'll write uh, you know, whatever issues they're dealing with or sins or you know, whatever it is that you want to use it for. But then you turn the black light on and the things that they wrote kind of disappear and they see whatever it is that you've written with invisible ink and so it's a really powerful lesson because again you're you're changing the scenery the lights are going off they're seeing this dramatic black light effect um, super fun to use uh, lots of magic tricks uh, if you want to purchase something if you guys you guys have probably seen these change bags right anybody not see this one Okay, I'm like a little kid when it comes to these things. Uh, <laughs> in fact, anytime uh, I see the, uh, like the magician guys at the conferences and stuff like that, I'm, I'm like, give me all their things. I want to spend all the money at their booth, <laughs> right? Uh, but you can use these lots of different ways. But basically, uh, you can get several different scarves. And they have these for as cheap as like $10 or something on Amazon. Uh, but you use different scarves and you put it in, see my bag is empty. And in fact, it'll unzip if I have the right one open. Yeah, it's totally empty, right? <laughs> And so you zip it back up. You can put your scarves in and talk about, you know, I'm going to give this to Jesus and this to Jesus and all of my broken pieces. And, you know, see, all of my things are in there. But when, when the Lord comes and he renews and he restores and all this, go ahead and see what the Lord can do with our lives. Go, go ahead, put, put your hand in there, pull it out. Pull one up? Yeah. Wow! <laughs> okay, but the kids are like, for real, whoa! <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's literally just, it's literally just a flip of the switch. I keep looking at my kids. They know, they're old enough to know these things, but it, it just makes me sad. <laughs> uh, so anyway.
anyhow, it's literally just a little flip of the switch here, but when I'm talking with my hands and all that, you don't actually see that, and so the kids are, you know, go crazy over that one. That one's super fun. I need to watch my time. Go by so fast, you don't even feel it. Okay. Okay, I'll do this one with you. Uh, nope, I can't do this one. This one wasn't set. Uh, you guys, can you, these, have you guys seen these coloring books? No. These are super fun. Uh, basically, the trick in this is all in the way that you, uh, yeah, the way that you hold it. A lot of magic tricks are just in the way that you hold certain things. So, hold on a second. If I go this way, you can see all the colored pages. If I do it from the middle, there's nothing on it. And if I do it from down here, you guys get it? Okay. So it's all in a matter of how you, you guys can look at this stuff later, so but the pages are different sizes. So I can talk about how uh, we don't, when we don't know Jesus, when we don't know Jesus, our lives are empty and blank. But when we come to Jesus, he'll come in and he'll change our lives and give us something to live for. And then when we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're actually fully experiencing all the things that God has. So you can use these lots of different ways. These are super fun. Again, Amazon. Amazon's going to be your best friend. Uh, so there's all kinds of magic tricks. Um, oh, let me show you my Nerf gun one. Have you? There's lots of things you can do with Nerf guns. <laughs> it's fine, guys. It's totally fine. Safety first. This is just a Nerf gun. It's totally fine. I could have brought a water gun in. Uh, and so I love using Nerf guns, cause especially because it gets my fourth and fifth grade boys engaged. As soon as I pull out a Nerf gun, they're like, oh, okay, this is cool enough for me to pay attention to. I really am going to try not to hit anybody. Uh, but you can talk about how, you know, when you first come to know Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and... I'm shooting above you, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> Safety first, my man. Right? The Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and we can be effective Christians. However, when we experience... Oh, gosh, now it's going to break on me. I probably shouldn't have shot that that way. <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, it's an upside down. That's why. Again, this is why you practice your object lessons beforehand. Hold on a second. Now it's going to go. Okay, well. Anyhow, you guys get it. Here, fix it for me, Josh, will you? Five-year-old boy. Hey, Is it going to work now? Let's not shoot the light. <laughs> there we go. Okay. You guys get it. When we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like the ammo is, you know, flying instead of just, you know, these little chintzy things. Uh, so you can use it in that way. Uh, you can also use it, I've done it uh, in a way that you can talk about how, uh, talking about the armor of God or shielding yourself from Satan's flaming arrows, right? You can have a kid. Now, I actually, was it you that I did this with or your brother? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, I had a kid come up, like an older child, that they knew that I was going to shoot them. You know, you shoot for the chest or the belly area, not a headshot. But you start to shoot them and you talk about how uh, when we're not spending time in the Word and we're, you know, we're not spending time with God, we're, we're opening ourselves up for Satan's flaming arrows. And then I've taken poster board and I've had a, an adult come and you literally have the, 
the man stand in front of the child with a poster board, and so then I just start using my now broken gun, <laughs> you know, and shooting him. And he's got this shield that he's guarding the, the, you know, the student from, and so it's a really powerful object. So you can use Nerf guns in lots of different ways. Just make sure you have a Nerf gun that actually works. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I've done, uh, I've done an ice cream sundae. Uh, this is also one of my favorite ones uh, where you have somebody come in and uh, I have a volunteer, a leader. Make sure it's a leader. Uh, my pastor will never let me live this down because he swears he got frostbite from me doing this illustration with me. He's fine now. He's totally fine. <laughs> but anyhow, he was, he was up on the stage with me, and uh, it was, this was for like a vacation Bible school, and I said, okay, well, there's all these things that God has given us uh, to use. You know, we all have different gifts and talents and everything, and so I had somebody carrying all the supplies needed for an ice cream sundae, and so they have the container of ice cream. They've got the sprinkles and the syrups and all that thing, but of course, I didn't give him the proper tools to use to be able to scoop the ice cream out, and so I'm telling him, you know, make an ice cream sundae, make an ice cream sundae, and so he's having to dig his hand in, you know, and he's holding it, he doesn't have a bowl, he doesn't have a spoon or a scoop or anything, and so he's just got this chunk of ice cream in his hand, and he's making his sundae, and it's going everywhere and creating a mess, and then he's having to, to eat it, but if we don't have the proper tools, and we're not using the tools that God's given us to use it, it makes a mess, right? Uh, and so that's another fun one to do. Eggs are a really great object lesson for lots and lots of different things. You can walk on eggs, you guys know that? Some of you guys know that. If not, it's a super fun object lesson. Plan B for that one. Yeah, plan B for that one. <laughs> Practice that one ahead of time. There's uh, Google it. There's a certain way that you have to do it, but it is cool. You can walk on eggs. You can use it to talk about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're three in one. Uh, you can talk about how man... Uh, Man looks on the, at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, right? We're not going to eat the shell. At least most people don't eat the shells. <laughs> right? God looks at the heart. You can put it in vinegar overnight, and it dissolves the outer shell. And if you leave it in there for multiple days, it makes like this rubber egg, which is just really cool, especially, uh, again, for your fourth and fifth grade boys. Um, let me show you this one really quick because this is one of my favorites. Hold on. Uh, have you guys ever seen object lessons done with a mouse trap? Raise your hand if you've seen an object lesson done with a mouse trap. Okay. I'm going to show you this one. Did I leave my pencils up here? <coughs> You're right. This is a rat trap. Again, because anytime I can make an object lesson bigger for on stage, I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> and so we can, safety first, <laughs> safety first. <laughs> uh, I will say this is one that I've done a couple times, and you'll learn what object lessons you can do over and over, and it still gets the kids' attention versus the ones that you can only do once every, like, round of kids. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, and so this is one that I only pull out once every like five years or so, but it is a super powerful, powerful illustration. Uh, I have snapped my fingers before. Just give me a sec. I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to need somebody to help me. No, you, no, you can't. No, 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 no you're not going to help me. You, hold on. Uh... Catherine, come help me, will you? Have you seen this? Okay. 
Oh, sorry. Sorry, that happened. We made eye contact. She knew. Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand right over here. And in fact, can you just hold these for me? Thanks. No, I'm not distracting. Okay. So the trick with this, I'm shaking a little bit myself. So I, I've never done this on a music stand. I usually have an actual table in front of me. Uh, but this is a this is a lesson about trust. Don't touch the music stand, Catherine. Okay. Uh, Catherine, have you ever had a time in your life? I'm just, you're going to hold this. I'm just going to hold this one. Have you ever had a time in your life where it was a really difficult for you to trust God? Yes. Uh, a time where you felt like you were just going to break at any moment? Yes. Okay. Kind of like... Kind of like this mousetrap, right? I thought for sure. I've had pencils. I've had pencils. I've had pencils snap on me. Yeah, yeah. I've had pencils break on me fully. Uh, but those times can be really difficult and really hard, right? Yes. At least you guys know what's coming now. I'll still Times in your life, I don't know about you, but I've had moments in my life where it would have been easy for me to not only walk away from ministry, but walk away from God entirely, right? We've all had those points where we have felt broken beyond repair. And it feels like at any moment we could be crushed, right? Am I right? Okay. So here's the thing about God, right? We know that God can do anything we know that God loves us, that God has a plan for our life. We know that, that God cares for us. I'm shaking. Sorry. Can you see me shaking? We know that God has a plan for our lives, that he loves us, that he's going to be with us. I've actually had this snap on me. I was doing this... Um, I was doing this on stage for a main service that I was preaching. Now, Catherine, I want you to go ahead and put your hand right there on that trap. What now? Go ahead. <laughs> you saw where I was putting the pencil, right? I want you to go ahead and put your hand right there on the center of that trap. Right where that orange thing is. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> right? Where at? <laughs> right there. Right here, like before yeah. the orange thing? No, on the orange thing. On You're going to take. Thing, but the orange thing but is. But Catherine, I need you to trust me. <laughs> I need you to trust me, right? We understand. We understand what the enemy wants to do to us, right? We understand that the enemy wants to deter us, to pull us away, to cause us fear. The enemy wants to cause us to shake, but I'm asking you to trust me, Catherine. So put your hand right there on that mousetrap. Don't touch the stand. Touch the trap. The trap right there. Catherine. Catherine. Okay. Catherine, do you look. Go with this the look at this too. Like, yes. They, like, not, okay. Okay. okay so, Catherine, no, you're for this is a real human. This is a real human emotion, right? Right. Catherine, I want you to look at me, and I want you to trust me. Okay. I'm not Put your look. hand on the mouse trap. Anywhere. 
No, on the orange Just part. Just right on the orange, okay. Put your hand on the mouse trap. <laughs> Trust me, Catherine. <laughs> Wait, do we... <laughs> Wait, did we go over this beforehand? What do we do? Have we had any conversation about this beforehand? No. No, okay. So okay. I, I literally just pulled you out of the crowd. Yes, okay. 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 Oh, I got it. Okay. Catherine, trust me and just touch the track. Okay. I will trust you. <laughs> okay, for real, we only have a couple minutes left in this session. <laughs> okay, you got it. You got it. Okay. It's not going anywhere. Uh, because as some of you probably saw, because I did this, this was close up, uh, but you actually, so you do it for real, obviously, the first couple times, but when you go to set it the last time, when you're ready to make your point, you flip this last little spring up. Let me, let me set it so that you guys can see it. Practice this one ahead of time, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so you can see the way that these traps are made. Uh, I've got one of the springy parts on the inside and one on the outside. That's what gives it the tension, okay? And so then when I set it, you know, I really am actually setting it so that it, it rests right here on this orange. Look at a mouse trap. They're like two or three dollars at Walmart. Maybe not even that. But then when I'm talking to her and I'm telling, I'm sharing. You know, God wants us to trust us. I'm actually flipping this little spring so that it's inside. But then as I'm talking, every, when I go to set it again, I'm doing it as though there's tension, right? And I'm, I really am honestly shaking a little bit because I've done this incorrectly. And not, I've not hurt anybody, but it snapped back on me. But then you set it down just as gently, and then you go into the hole. I want you to trust me. Keep your eyes on me. Trust me. I'm not going to do anything to harm you, right? And so you can go into that whole thing. Guys, I'm telling you, not only kids, but I had you on the edge of your seats, right? <laughs> But it's a really, really powerful, I got you. you got Thank me. you for Thank your help. You. <laughs> it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite ones to do because it is so powerful. However, again, you can only use it like once every so many years. Uh, okay, oh, I have like six minutes left. Okay, uh, so let me, let me go. No, you're good. Uh, let me move in. So we've talked about application using object lessons to help us apply the lesson. So let's go into response times. How can we creatively communicate how our kids can respond to God? We want them to encounter Jesus, and we want them to, listen, to learn to listen and respond to the Holy Spirit, right? But I don't know about you, but I have a very... Uh, antsy mind. My mind has a tendency to race. And so if I'm doing something with my hands, it's a lot easier for me to focus and pay attention to what I'm doing. And so I love utilizing hands-on response times with kids. Of course, we're going to have the altar times where they're going to come and they're going to spend time at the altar. However, I also love to utilize ways uh, where I can put something in their hands and say, okay, go find a quiet spot by yourself and I just want you to listen. And so here, I'm just going to run through a couple of these real quick. Uh, I love using scratch paper. Uh, again, you can buy it on Amazon. It, I'm talking about the paper that has all the colors underneath it. You, it's got like the black top and you scratch away the things. You can use that for sin. You can talk about fears with it. You can, lots of ways you can use it. 
Uh, I love using popsicle sticks where they can write scripture references on, give them a little baggie they can take at home, and whatever topic it is that you're talking about that day, give them scripture res- references that they can write down, and it's, they almost make themselves just a little promise bag or ha- whatever you want to call it. I love using Play-Doh in response times. You can have them make about anything. You can uh, have them shape it into something that they have as an idol in their life. You can have them make a heart. You can have, you know, lots of different ways you can use Play-Doh. I love having the kids do prayer walks. Uh, if there's something specific, let's say we're having a missions, we're a missions focus, uh, I might put things around the room and ask them to go and stand on a circle and pray for what that uh, particular thing is. We've done, I've even done a response time with our whole uh on like a midweek time where it was adults included and we did uh, praying for people prayer walk and so the first one was you know you're going to pray for teachers in your school district you're going to pray for your government leaders you're going to pray for your pastors and every time they walked it was a different thing but it's it's keeping kids engaged right not just sitting but it's still helping, encouraging them to listen for the voice of God. I love using butcher paper, uh, like the big old rolls that you can just, you know, go all the way across the room and the kids think it's really great because, you know, it's a massive piece of paper. Uh, We've used this most recently to talk about giants in our life. You've got a giant piece of paper. What are the giants in your life? You're going to write it down that big old piece of paper and then we're going to crumble up that piece of paper. Uh, We've used it to write praises and thanksgiving to God. We're going to fill this entire paper with praises and worship to God, listing out all the things that um, he is to us. I love using Scrabble tiles. Scrabble tiles are a super fun way to have kids respond. Um, I happen to have a magnet wall in my uh, kids' ministry that I just found a local place that sold the big old sheets of metal and they gave me a discount and I hung that and so I took Scrabble tiles and put magnets on it and used that. If you've been to any of the uh, kids ministry conferences you may have seen these things but uh, any way that we can get hands on ways to kids to help them learn and help things be sticky they're going to remember it longer. Okay. Uh, Let me tell you uh, oh gosh not enough time. Okay. Uh, One of the ways that I love to just get ideas. Um, I follow lots and lots of kids ministries online. <laughs> like uh, people talk about social media habits, but like I have all of these places <laughs> that I follow on social media. So I'm going to give you a couple to just, I'm going to recommend that I literally love just watching what they do. And I'll leave these up here. I might have to take them into the hallway if anybody looks at it. Uh, but one thing I do, and this is just how my brain works, uh, when I see something that I like online, think of it as like a physical Pinterest board. Because <laughs> uh, it's not necessarily something that I can save a link for easily. And so I'll literally screenshot something and I'll print it out for myself. And so I have just gobs of things that I've seen randomly from following uh, different churches and social media accounts or um, but I have myself a binder that I just keep in my office. So I have a missions and outreach binder, a games binder, prayer stations. Uh, I have a theme days and event binder, object lessons, memory verse activities. But it's all mostly screenshots that I've just watched other churches and other ministries do that I just am, I make a collection. And if I am needing some creativity or I'm needing to feel inspired, I literally sit down with one of my books and just flip through them, okay? But let me give you a couple, you guys can look through these if anybody's interested in them, uh, just to see what I do. But let me give you a couple good uh, things to follow on social media. I love O-Town Kids. Uh, This is a friend of mine. His name is Bo Walker. He's in Tallahassee, Florida. He has a great kids minister. I'm sorry, not O-Town Kids. GC Kids in Tallahassee, Florida is Bo. 
GC Kids, and then another one is O-Town Kids. Uh, James River Kids in Springfield, Missouri, that's a massive AG church, but they do in insane kids ministry things, super fun to follow. James River Kids, James River Kids, and they're super great about posting all of their things on social media. Uh, another one is Journey Kids out of Minnow, North Dakota. And like I said, some of these are just friends of mine, but I am frequently screenshotting their things. Uh, but guys, try new things. <laughs> Step out of the box. Uh, walk around your house for creative ways that you can teach kids the gospel, okay? Don't be afraid to try something new. Just practice it beforehand and make sure everybody's safe, okay? Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys coming.